Hello, and welcome to MindWorks Choose Your Thinking, live from Des Moines, Iowa, where we discuss and share our experiences with the three principles of mind, thought, and consciousness, and hopefully talk about some strategies for living a happier, more stress-free life. Good evening, I'm Ben, and as always, we want to thank our audience for listening. A big shout out to Ireland. I keep we keep we we keep doubling our exposure. We're now to eight people in Ireland. Uh, we want to remind you that we have a website. It is called MindWorksForMe.com. M-I-N-D-W-O-R-X number four me.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please check out our website. Let us know what you think. Listen to our podcast. Maybe read our blogs, and if you've got any thoughts, ideas of your own, please share them with us. Thank you, Ben. I'm Mitch Coonert, one of your hosts. Uh, you know, I always think when uh, Melissa does the entrance, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I could do the entrance sometimes. So we, I think we have to do like the next podcast, like you read the first part, and then I'll do one where I read the first part, and then we'll just have the audience vote. Who, who Mitch, do you like, we did who not like discuss this. Oh, I just threw that out this there right now as a brand new idea. Yeah, that's we need clearly to the craziest idea. Wow, you do such a nice, she does such a nice she job. She does well. It, so. oh, thank you. You're buttering me up for something. Like <laughs> Later on. Yes. All right. All right. Um, you guys, um, we like to start with the check-in. So how's your week going? Mitch. Did you accomplish your goals? My goals were, uh, as a building principal here in the West Point School District, I was trying to focus in on the positive things that kids were doing. Because sometimes we can all get caught up, and our last podcast was all about happiness. And clearly, focusing on the positive side makes me happier. And one of the things that did take place last um, last week was we had a two-year um, equity um, student group that has been putting together. It's called YES, uh, Youth Equity Stewardship, that has been working with some facilitators in our district, and their culminating activity was a assembly for our student body and actually for our community. And uh, it was just nice. It was really nice to invest some time with those students, the work that they've done. Um, they changed my thinking. We're going to talk about empathy today, and I, I'm absolutely going to bring the conversation from our students um, uh, that have participated in this this uh, group and how they did an assembly. So it was really a positive experience for me last week, and I appreciate the efforts of the kids. That's awesome. So um, last week I had talked about how one of my goals was that I was going to try and establish or keep up with the habit of following up negative thoughts with positive ones. And um, in working through this goal, um, I talked to my students about that. If they said something negative to me or negative to their group mates because we're in a pro- uh, project-based learning program, I talked about how that was one of my goals, following up negative thoughts with positive ones. And I felt like the more that I talked about that, it's kind of like reciprocal teaching um, and enforced it in my own life. So not only was I talking to them and sharing my goals, but I was helping them create their own goals with that. So um, that I felt like I was pretty successful with that this week. Um, well, that's cool but, because like we're trying to shift thinking, right? And so you're just demonstrating that. That's what this podcast is all about. And so it's yeah, kind of cool you're bringing it in the classroom too. Right. Um, probably my biggest thing this week though that was kind of an aha moment for me goes back to a couple of different podcasts that we did when we talked about acceptance versus expectation. I took my daughter Ella to a fashion show Mm. at Justice at the mall. And if any of you are parents of girls, you know that Justice is a huge thing for preteens and teens right now. And she signed up for it and she was super excited to do it with her friend Josie. And we got there and Ella froze. 
she did not want to walk down the runway. And I got initially upset with her. Um, I am very outgoing and I like to be the center of attention. I would totally walk down the runway <laughs> and she apparently You're is like, not hey, the same you are way. You my kid. You need to do this. Right. So I, I was expecting her to think that it would be super fun and the same as how I would react to the situation and she was completely the opposite. So instead of getting mad at her, I tried to take a deep breath and um, think about the whole acceptance versus expectation thing she's not me she has her own personality and i i need to go with that and honor who she is as a person Mm -hmm. instead of thinking that she's a little mini me it's so So. hard with kids because you have expectations all the time don't you and you have to realize that it's your expectation and not theirs and that's so hard to to be mad about Mm. that she didn't want to be in a fashion show it's probably a good thing (laughs) ultimately right so how about you ben I, I had this this goal of being more forgiving from the simplicity of, of waiting in a long line to, to check out at the grocery store uh, to, you know, somebody who might be very close to me who said something that may have been hurtful, but but being able to forgive. And, and the cool thing is, is, is that when we talk about the three principles, we talk about mind, we talk about the energy of the universe, right, that gives us life. From there, it is about not just the thoughts that we have. We always talk about the 100,000 thoughts that we have in the course of a day, but that conscious piece being aware of your thinking. And when you are aware of your thinking and when you can control your thinking, you really can choose to look at life very differently. And when, when, I, when I'm forgiving, it, it, it gives me a greater sense of love and compassion, that feeling, than, than to be hurt, angry, and upset. Mm-hmm. Because I can choose. If somebody cuts me off in traffic, I can be angry. I don't want to live in an angry state. I want to be more forgiving. And so the beautiful thing about the three principles and the, and the journey that the three of us are all very familiar with is how do we get to that point? And, and our topic today is the bridge that leads us into forgiveness, which is the piece of empathy. And when we talk about empathy, it's really trying to understand somebody else's story. Where are they coming from? And so, you know, the, the simplicity of, of my class, it's, it's government, it's social studies. I do current events, and I always go back to the current event about Charlottesville. And, you know, these people who were, who were racist and it was very clear they were angry, they were upset. And it's important in that moment that when I'm teaching my kids about empathy, try and understand where these people come from. You know, the cool thing in the three principles class that we teach is we all come from the same place. We come from the womb and we all come out the same way. Yep, Sid Banks would call that formless, right? Exactly. We, we all come out just kind of blank, blank slates. Doesn't we, matter it, what background we are, where we're coming from, it's, we're formless. And we are taught certain belief systems. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If I had been raised in a home that was racist, guess what? I'd probably be racist. And so it doesn't make it right. It doesn't excuse racism. But what it does do is it allows me to not be angry with people that, that don't get it. It allows me to be empathetic, forgive them, and then hopefully have a conversation where they can hear me. Mm. And it's been, it's been an interesting journey because for me, you know, and, and, and I've shared on this podcast before that I went 10 years without speaking to my family. And for those first few years, I was so angry. I was so upset. For me to be in a place of, of forgiving, I had to be empathetic. I had to try and put myself in, in my dad's shoes, coming from, you know, a different place, a different time, a different era. His belief systems are different from mine. It doesn't mean his is right and mine is wrong, 
But by being empathetic, I guess I better understand where he's coming from. And that, and that softens things. I'm not as angry. And I was able to forgive. And, and we've come to this beautiful place, which, which is a blessing. So I love today's topic about empathy. Absolutely. And you said a couple of different things in your explanation of kind of what you're talking about. But I, I, I too, really believe that empathy is about perspective. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I talked earlier about my, um, stu my, my, my students that, are, that come from different, we call it now cultures of color. Um, I actually spoke to a, uh, uh, a black man that is, I'm very proud to call a friend. And he, we were talking about this topic and we were talking about equity. And I said something to the effect of um, minor, our minority students. I was kind of referencing minority students. And he stopped me right at that moment and said, you know, have you ever thought about the word minority? Like, what, is that, what does that entail for you? Like, what's that sound like? And you, you have the word minor less than whatever and it was just a simple thing he said yeah when we when we talk about our, our students now we just talk about cultures of color and and i just thought okay super shift that you know and all it took though was somebody to be in a state that he recognized that i want to be better we wouldn't be going through this work if i didn't want to be improving myself along with our school with along with our students and he, you know, comes from a different perspective, different background. And he, it was a simple correction. And I was just like, thank you. You know, thank you for, for shifting me just a little bit more. And I bring up this story. And, and I know that we're, we're kind of talking about some things that have been happening in life. But I, I recently, you know, Kyle Corver talked about, uh, he's come out and he said that he's kind of owned his um, white privilege. Okay. And I'll be honest, I also have come to that realization well, let's let's be clear. For the people in Ireland, you may not know who Kyle Corver is. Oh yeah, well he's a yeah. Thank you. So he's a <laughs> he, he's actually Pella. a local Iowa Pella Pella kid with a phenomenal family, great family. Father's a a, a pastor, I believe, in yeah, Pella. Third Reformed Church in Pella. Yeah, and but just a good family, and he ended up having some great success in sports, and so he's an NBA basketball player, and uh, so he's got a little bit of notoriety for in our space, and certainly in the in the country. And, you know, he, he just identifies this and, and can own that piece of it. Um, and it was kind of, it it's painful to see an article come out on Facebook about something that is something that I certainly believe in, something that I've had as a privilege because it's a perspective of growing up. And there was a lot of hate, again, you know, like spewed, like, how dare he say this? And, and there, you, you see that racism kind of boil up in some of the comments. But you're talking about someone that has just has learned a new perspective, has empathy, and has a new understanding of his, his place in this, in this space. And so that's the work that our kids have been doing. That's the equity work that we've been doing, and it's been powerful well, I, stuff. I love it because Kyle Korver is coming from a place that I grew up in, and um, there weren't a lot of, you talked about minorities or you know, cultures of color in Pella, Iowa, and Pella is very privileged and it's mm -hmm. it's a rich town mm -hmm. overall um but the thing that i liked about his article the most is that he talked about listening to other people's stories the mm -hmm. stories that he didn't necessarily grow up with um and that has so much to do with empathy mm -hmm. listening to other people's stories and learning from them and gaining a different perspective right and celebrating, celebrating the diversity, not making it something that divides us, but makes us richer. The more, the more cultures, the more we have, the more that we can learn from each other, it makes 
we make each other better if we give ourselves the space. And like I said, empathy for me, we give ourselves the space to see the new perspective. What's, what's interesting is, you know, <clears throat> in teaching my, my, my history class and talking about our forefathers that brought forth this great nation, how wonderful it is, and, and we live in this unbelievable, folks, that was started by Benjamin Franklin, by John Adams, by George Washington, by all these people. No, oh, by the way, they were old white guys, <laughs> and all due respect. Yeah. But it took me a while to understand that there were people in my class that probably did not feel the same way about these old white guys that I did, because their history, their backgrounds are so different. And when I understood that, again, that piece of empathy, like I can't identify with being, you know, a minority student growing up in America with a history of racism, with Abraham Lincoln. I mean, this is this is what I teach. My, I mean, Abraham Lincoln, before becoming president, was racist. Mm-hmm. That was the culture of their of their day. And here you're teaching about how great America is to these students that probably don't see it from my perspective. When I understood that, it was amazing how I was able to bring in things like Hamilton, a multicultural cast, to talk about the true heroes of America, the unsung heroes who are minorities that we don't hear of, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But I think that that resonated with those students to understand, yeah, it's not all about what, what I grew up thinking that our history was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you talk about sports, and of course this weekend was huge. Um, <laughs> Tiger Woods winning the Masters. And I'll be honest with you, I've, I've been playing golf most of my life. I, I knew of Tiger when he was 14 and I was 15. Um, Tiger and I, we've had our issues. And I say that because, you know, after the scandal broke, I had problems with him. I had problems with, with the way that he, he handled it with, with the, you know, all of these different things. And I just saw this great thing on Facebook that I'm sure a lot of people saw about, look, we all go through those challenges. Now, of course, I couldn't identify with being a Tiger Woods. I don't know what it means to be in, in his position, the limelight, the being the, the potentially the greatest of all time. But I could identify with somebody who makes mistakes. <laughs> yeah. I could identify with somebody who tries to make amends. And when I saw that and I saw him you know, embrace his son after the winning putt at the Masters, it, it brought to light the fact that not only has he evolved, but gosh darn, I've evolved. That's right. And again, I was able to say, you know what? I, I forgive Tiger. He made mistakes. I get it. Um, and you know what? He's not perfect. But again, I could not understand what it would be like to be one of the greatest of all time being hounded by the media. You know, the fact that your privacy is essentially gone. Right. And while I can't understand that, it's important that I am empathetic to at least try to say, you know what? He's in a different place than I am. And again, being um, not just empathetic, but being uh, forgiving. And again, some of these topics today, like uh, we're talking a lot about belief systems today. That's what this is the core of when we talk about this, when we talk about perspectives, you have to understand that there are so many different belief systems out there. And we're not for a second saying one's right, one's wrong. You know, we've probably fired up people again about the comments around equity. We've probably fired up some listeners about Tiger Woods. How dare you defend him? Like that's, you're missing the point here then. You're, you're not allowing people to grow, and we have to allow each other to grow, get better, and become, like I said, I'm not the person that I was 20 years ago, and um, I believe that I'm continually improving, and I, I'm, we still can get better at what we do. And 
you know, you started the, the podcast by talking about form versus formless. Mm-hmm. We are given form. We are taught in, in our homes about, you know, being a Democrat, a Republican. Right. And so when you understand that the baby does not come out of the womb being a Democrat, you begin to understand they, they think the way they do or a Republican thinks the way that they do because of their belief systems and what gave them that belief system, the way that they were raised. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't fault people for that. I can't blame somebody because you were born into a home that believes something that maybe I don't believe. I was so, I was so impressed. Um, I, I can't pronounce his name. He's the mayor of the small town in Indiana who's running for president. I call him Pete, but he has a name that begins with a B. Um, and he is uh, uh, in a same-sex marriage, and he is campaigning. You know, Iowa is the first state. We come to Iowa for the caucus, and, you know, in this case, the Democrats will choose their nominee. And I'm so proud of Iowans. And, and in fact, he went to this place, and there was a heckler. He didn't believe in his way of life. He didn't believe in his positions. He was very, very angry. I was, regardless of politics, the character of this man to respond in the way that he did, um, the mayor, Pete to respond not out of anger, but out of love and compassion. And um, ironically, as, as he was heckling, and unfortunately they took him away, Mayor Pete was, was basically saying, you know what, this is America. And we don't have to agree, but we do have to respect each other. And I, again, I think that sense of respect comes from a greater sense of empathy. So I feel like we've thrown around a lot of big words, such as understanding and empathy and compassion. But I think that there's kind of a pathway that we have to take in order to get to empathy. And we talked a lot about, you know, um, well, your class in teaching and gaining knowledge. And I think that we have to be very aware and intentional about trying to learn about other people and be intentional about gaining knowledge about other people's stories and listening. Again, I think it goes back to listening to other people's stories because we can't have empathy until we listen to the stories and we gain that knowledge and we try to understand other people's perspectives. So understanding and then empathy. And then you had just talked about compassion, Ben. Um, Compassion is kind of in, in my head an action. Um, it's it's a show of empathy. Um, but again, that action has to come first from seeking that knowledge and listening to other people's stories. So um, one of the things that has really spoken to me as a teacher, uh, my first year of teaching, I, I worked at um, Hoover High School in Des Moines, Iowa, and I taught English language learners. And a lot of my students were refu- refugees from Bosnia. And I was really upset that they didn't do their homework. Um, <laughs> for, for a couple of months, I assigned a lot of homework that I felt was very important to what I was teaching. Your thinking um, was that it, I assigned it. This is going to be important for your yeah. learning. You had a lot of belief systems. I mean, there, really, right? my, my curriculum involved teaching them Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. and Animal Farm and things like that. And so I considered that to be very important. And I had a, a, a girl who came up to me one day and she, in confidence, said, do you understand that most of the boys in your class are working night shifts they're going to school all day at hoover high school and they are working eight to ten hour shifts at night and then they're coming back to school in the morning and i was flabbergasted um so the answer was no the answer was absolutely no Mm -hmm. 
Um, and that was something that I needed to know and understand about them and look from their perspective. I had no idea. Needless to say, I did not assign homework after that. Hmm. I mean, it just wasn't important anymore. My priorities changed because their priorities were obviously a lot different than mine. So I should have asked questions. Why aren't you doing your homework? We had a we had a student here in West Hawaii, not directly my student, but but in our school, and and it's a sad story. Um, you know, she she came to school. Um, sometimes, sometimes she didn't. She never did her homework. She struggled academically. You know, as a as a teacher, you see it one way, and and you choose to see it in that way, and that's what the ego is. So the student's not doing the work; they're lazy, etc. Um, this student was, was malnourished. She was coming from a home where she was abused and sad to say she passed away. And it was only after she had passed away because she was in this abusive home where she wasn't fed that all of a sudden the perception completely Mm -hmm. changed for the teachers that, that had her as a student. And they realized, you know what, their own thinking was wrong. And a lot of those teachers, they beat themselves up for that. Right. And again, like part of that sense of forgiveness Folks, you got to forgive yourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to give yourself a sense of empathy and forgiveness. And we go back to the intersection to illustrate the three principles that when you're at an intersection and you're about to go into that intersection, a car comes flying past you. You're feeling angry. Well, that anger comes from a thought. Like, who is this to just come into this intersection? Well, the fact of it is, you may not know their story. And because you may not know their story, you make you up their story. Make up their story. Mm-hmm. And the fact of it is, you know, we always like to, to use this example to say, you know what, maybe there was a baby in the backseat that was being rushed to the hospital. Empathy. One thought. Right. And, and it's not like you need to know their story, mm-hmm. but it's the point that maybe you don't know their story. Mm-hmm. And what a difference that makes. Yep. I find myself in, in this, for the application of this, is like I find myself all the time now seeking to understand because as a building principal i'm dealing with discipline stuff all the time you know and i even had a situation today that fire alarm gets pulled and i find myself like automatically making the story like oh they intentionally did that mess around that kind of stuff but i really do have to back up and i have to pause maybe what i think happened in the story that seems to happen over and over again and i have to listen to the students and it's not just that example it's all kinds of examples of why a behavior happened and usually if i seek to understand and i really do listen to their story i can empathize i can come i can come to a different place now I'm not going to say there still might be a consequence down the road or those type of things or we'll have a conversation to adjust um, but uh, it certainly is important across the board to, to seek to understand. And Melissa, your example was one little piece of input changed behavior. My example of the, you know, using the word minority instead of, uh, you know, and again, I'm not very good at it yet, cultures of color um, was just one little piece of input that changed me forever. Well, it, it shaped my whole teaching. Uh, well, yeah, but I'm, but I'm saying right. like if nobody would have pointed it out, to you in a in a kind of a calm safe way and didn't mm-hmm. judge you for it just said hey did you know like we get so much more work done and like put the put the knives down put the put the guns down and just help e- educate each other boy we'd be in a better space and learn how to ask questions yeah and think about you know the why behind the behaviors and that just doesn't, it, it doesn't have to do with students. It has to do with the people that you're in relationships with. You know, why do people react in the way that they do? 
big topic. Lots of conversation here. And like I said, this is these are some deep topics. We should just do a silly, stupid like blooper reel at some point in time to get ourselves back to, to some comedy <laughs> here. But bottom line is, is like we are we so believe in, in the three principles and the thought processes that go into what we do every single day. We, it, it, we just really enjoy bringing our worlds to you, never intending to offend at any point in time, but just to understand that, yes, even with some people that have a strong understanding of three principles, we grow every single day. And there's something new that I pull out from it. But I'm telling you, it's just a richer world. It really is when you know what's creating your world. Right. And it's and, you. And, you know, we always we always talk about neuroplasticity, the scientific term where... You, you know, always talk about it. I can't I, even say I the word it. I love it. Neuroplasticity. The, the way that our brains are wired. And, you know, I look, we, we are wired certain ways. There's, there are people that are born into a racist home. They are taught racist beliefs. That's the way that their brain is wired. They don't have to stay there. They can rewire their brain. But you know what? It takes work. It takes effort. And the same is true with happiness. You can't just go out and, and buy a new shirt at, you know, the mall and say that you're going to be happy. It's going to last for a very, very short time. The idea of neuroplasticity is that you are constantly working at this, that you are retraining your brain. So the next time that somebody cuts you off in traffic, the next time that you're waiting in line for a long period of time because somebody in front of you is going so slow, be empathetic. And you know, Melissa, I remember the story when you were waiting in line and at the very, very front, you know, this, you were in a rush and this, this woman was, was trying to find her card and it was denied. And she right. found, remember that? That and happened she, again today. Exactly. Yep. And you know, imagine... What, again, you don't know their story, but, but the possibility that, you know, this is a woman who's buying groceries for, for her family and, you know, for whatever reason, she doesn't have the money to pay for it. I mean, again, like all of a sudden, what was once frustrating and maybe potentially could have made me angry, wow, I've just changed my thought and now all of a sudden, there's this greater sense of love and compassion and the only thing that changed was my thinking. Mm -hmm. And when we look at the world around us, Folks, there are people that love life and there are people that struggle. And you know what? It really does come down with how you choose to think. And if somebody has wronged you and if you're going to be angry because of that, try to think differently. Try and forgive them. And you're going to live with a better sense of calm and peace. Well, guys, let's talk about goals here for the, for the week. So anybody, anybody got one right at the top that they're, they're going to they're gonna hit? I need to slow down. I need to slow down. Folks, it's spring in Iowa. <laughs> um, I'm a golfer. I'm ready to get out there. I'm excited to start playing in golf. I'm starting, you know, the, the year is coming down, which I love the end of the year with my students. I mean, we, we have formed such a great relationship, you know, in the, in the nine months that we have with these kids, it gets kind of emotional towards the end with two months. And there's so much that's going on and you're trying to, to do this. You're trying to do that. Breathe and actually visualize the breath. And when you visualize the breath going in, I like to visualize a little light coming in. I like to visualize the light coming out. Guess what? When I'm doing those things, I'm not thinking about what I got to do tomorrow. I'm not thinking about the golf tournaments I want to play in the future. I'm getting myself back to present and I am slowing down. So my goal this week is to slow down and just take every moment as it comes. That's great. That's great. Melissa? Got one so um, <laughs> my goal this week, James Taylor says the secret of life is enjoying the passage of time. 
And so that kind of goes with Ben about being present. Um, but just just for instance, today we were going to do our podcast at a, I don't know six six thirty mm-hmm. tonight, mm-hmm. and I like to plan things out. <laughs> I like to outline things, right? And so um, when Mitch wanted to do it a little bit earlier, I had to reshape my thinking, and I think that that's something that I need to work on this week, just kind of going with the flow and being present in the moment and knowing things are, are, are going to work out and to not react immediately the way that I would normally react and say, oh, that's okay. It's a shift and a change in thinking. I'll be flexible and it's going to be fine. So Absolutely. that's what I'm going to work on with my kids, with my students, my personal life, et cetera. How about you, Mitch? Well, I, you know, as I head into kind of the last, there's, I think there's 31 days left of school. And so... Hmm. Who's I, counting? I, nobody, but no. uh, 31. Maybe 30 now after today. I don't know. But bottom line How is... How many Mondays? Is that I, I just want to celebrate. I got to celebrate my staff more. I got to be thinking. I got to be with them in... in um, kind of be with their stories a little bit more. Like, so we get caught up with kids right all the time too, but I have to remember like, I got to take care of my adults in my world too. So, um, one of kind of a funny story the other day, I had one of my, my staff members come in and they were just frustrated because they took the nutty bars out of the vending machine and replaced it with like some health food. And so I was at Walmart and this is kind of little stuff that like helps me move forward and like, remembered that story right they were frustrated about this and there's two particular teachers that love them so i bought two boxes of nutty bars and threw them in their mailboxes the oh, next morning that's you know? sweet. Yeah. That but that's the kind nice. of stuff that's just a little bit of it's easy right mm-hmm. and and simple stuff like that that just makes the world a little better place that's awesome so that brings us to the end of this podcast we hope you enjoy and as always we hope that you are continuing to listen and find us on mindworksforme.com all of our uh, episodes are there you can come back to find new ones or old ones Uh, as Ben said our listenership continues to go up we hope that you enjoy these Um, just talking about life in general and the three principles and how they impact our lives so once again want to thank everybody and we will see you next time